Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Danny Nevins from the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York, and we'll be studying today Tractate Chagiga, uh, page uh, Daf Gimel, um, page 3, sides A and B. Uh, you know, when you ask yourself how the Talmud is organized, obviously the, the easiest way to answer that is, well, there are Mishnayot, and then the Gemara goes and it explains the Mishnayot, and that is often the case. However, the editors of the Gemara, what we sometimes call the Stam, the uh, the unseen anonymous editors, also use other uh, tools to make uh, their way through the, the vast uh, expanses of the Talmud. One thing that they do is, if they teach a tradition on the Mishnah from the name of one rabbi, uh, they might also, as long as they're quoting that rabbi, quote them uh, for another topic altogether. We'll see an example of that with Rabbi Tanklum uh, today. Another thing is that sometimes they'll associate not the rabbi and their traditions, but rather uh, the a word or a concept that's in the tradition about the Mishnah, and then give us uh, another example like that. And so we're going to see two pieces like that. Uh, Rabbi Tanchum uh, is quoted towards the beginning of the daf, um, speaking about people who are in between. The, the Mishnah had excluded from the, the festival requirement uh, people who were deaf or people who were blind or people who were um, crippled. Um, but then he wants to say, well, that's also the case even if if they're only deaf in one ear or they're only lame in one leg, for example. And he uh, he's reading the text of the Bible hyper-literally and uh, and eventually he gets to the word regalim, which is festivals, and uh, and it says you're supposed to come three times a year, three pe'amim. Just as the word uh, for festivals, regalim, uh, is also associated with the word for legs, raglaim, presumably because the pilgrims came by foot, um, so too the word for times, pa'amim, is related to the word for footsteps, pe'amim. And Rava uh, quotes this verse from the Song of Songs, How lovely are your feet in sandals, O daughter of nobles! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master's hand. In the Hebrew, for the beginning of at least, Ma'ay yafu pe'amayich ben alim bat nediv. And so uh, Rava makes a drasha about this and says that this verse, which seems to be referring uh uh, romantically, even sexually, to the beauty of a woman's legs is actually referring to the beauty of the footsteps of pilgrims as they come up uh, to Jerusalem. The Bat Nadiv, who is this daughter of the uh, the nobles? Uh, well, it's Bitoshel Abram. It's the daughter of Abraham, who is known in another verse in Psalms as a Nadiv. Uh, and then they say this beautiful thing. Why is it that the pilgrims are referred to as as the uh, the followers of the the God of Abraham? Why not the God of Isaac or Jacob? It's because Abraham 
was Tehillah Gerim. He was the, the first one to convert others uh, to the Israelite faith. And to this day, we call con converts uh, Ben or Bat Avram, the son or daughter of Avram Avinu, our father Abraham. So you've got this idea that even at the moment of pilgrimage, uh, we're going to associate Israel not only with the people who are ethnically part of Israel, but also those who've joined um, by referring to Abraham. Now, we've mentioned this thing in the name of Rabbi Tanchum. As long as we're doing that, we mention another famous drusha of his. Uh, this is referring to, it's a complete non sequitur, to, to Joseph. Remember when he was thrown into the pit um, by his brothers for sale or maybe even to be killed? Uh, it says in the Torah, in Genesis, the, the pit was empty, there was no water in it. Rabbi Tanchum noticed that if it says it's empty, it's empty. Why, why do you have to add that there's no water in it? Don't I already know there's no water in it? It's empty. The verse he says is saying that the there's no water in it. But there are snakes and scorpions in it. And so this is giving us like a little insight, maybe imaginative in, in his case, um, of the suffering of Joseph there in the pit. Don't think that it was an easy experience to be tossed into an empty pit. Okay, the second thing I want to share with you is a little bit of a story, um, which I just love. I, I teach this frequently. It's a story of two young sages, um, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca and Rabbi Elazar ben Chisma, who uh, are in school, and they leave to go visit their teacher, Rabbi Yehoshua, who's living in Piki'in, a small village. Um, so they get to his house, and he says to them, uh, what, what was new in school today? What did you learn in school today? Like many parents who ask that question, uh, they don't get a satisfying answer. Uh, in this case, the two students say to their Rebbe, to Rabbi Yoshua, It's much more uh, uh, considerate than most children are. They say, we are your students, we drink from your waters. In other words, it would be chutzpahdik for us to teach you. Um, he says to them, nevertheless, whenever you're in school, something new's got to happen. There's no possibility that it was just the same old and that I know everything. Uh, I want to learn from you. And so he persists, Shabbat Shalmi Haita, whose week was it to teach? Now this is a reference to a famous story, there was a debate, and actually Rabbi Yoshua had been humiliated by the head of the Sanhedrin, um, Rabbi Gamliel, and the sages went into a revolt, they didn't like the way that Rabbi Yoshua had been mistreated, and so they deposed Rabbi Gamliel and put in his place um, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, but later Rabbi Gamliel apologized, and um, and so he was restored to his position, and yet Rabbi Elazar ben Azari couldn't be demoted, and so they made a, a timeshare type of thing, where Rabbi Gamliel was the head of the Sanhedrin two weeks, among, two weeks, and then uh, Rabbi Elazar would be for one month. So Rabbi Yoshua says, whose week was it? And he's told that it was Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. And they say, says, says, no, so what did he have to say? What was he talking about? They said it was about Parshat HaKel. He was talking about the mitzvah that's described about gathering all of Israel together to hear the words of the Torah. So he says, fine, Madarashba, what was his, his teaching? Well, they say he noticed that the verse uh, in the Torah, which describes his mitzvah, says, gather all the people, men, women, and children. And uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, well, I get why the men are coming. They're there to study. I get why the women are coming. They're there to hear the words of Torah. 
Uh, but what about the kids? They don't understand. Why bring them? And his insight was, You bring the kids in order to give um, some extra reward to their parents for bringing their kids. I think we can all sort of relate to this. Sometimes we bring our children to a an event, whether it's a religious event or a cultural event or a trip, not knowing what they'll get out of it, but yet it means more to the family to experience it together. Um, and in this case, it gives the parents reward to bring their kids to hear the words of Torah. I, you know, Rabbi Yoshua says to his students, You had this awesome insight and you were trying to keep it from me? And with that encouragement, the, the floodgates open, and they start telling him all the other things that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah taught, and um, many famous things. So uh, God says, you are, uh, you've made me uh, precious, just like I have made you precious, and it says, well, how does uh, God express the, uh, the delight God takes in uh, Israel? Well, if Israel puts in their tefillin, the words of the Shema, Shema Yisrael, and the the Lord is our, listen Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, um, I'll make you also my my special ones by saying the words, Umika Amcha Yisrael Goy Echad Baritz, by saying, who's like your people Israel, Echad, they're unique in the world, just like God is unique, um, Adonai Echad. This uh, passage is built up on uh, elsewhere in the Talmud, I believe in Tractate Yoma, in which it says that God actually wears tefillin, and this verse is in the tefillin. It keeps going on, quoting from Song of Songs, the words of the sages are like uh, like a goad, I'm sorry, from the book of Kohelet, um, and how is that so? It's because just like a goad is used by a, uh, a farmer to sort of guide the, the cow uh, along the path of plowing, so too the words of Torah sort of guide those who study them um, away from Darke Mita, the path of death, and on to Darke Chaim, the path of life. Uh, there's much more to say here, but we're going to stop there. I look forward to continuing as we study Daf Dalid uh, with you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.